Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hello and welcome to the Clumsy Theosis podcast. My name is Rochelle Lucero and I'm the host. Today I'm recording from my new studio, which is basically a coat closet in our new apartment. So we're going to see how this works and see what other noise proofing needs to happen. Here at Clumsy Theosis, if you were not aware, I teach listeners like yourself about the Catholic faith. Everything and anything related to Catholicism is game for this show because I believe that everything about the faith is profitable and has the power to bring us closer to Christ who wants to transform us. And when we are transformed by Christ, we will inevitably transform the world. That is the mission of Clumsy Theosis, and I bring that up today because it's related to our topic. Today, I want to give you a method or a blueprint for you to be able to teach people about the faith similar to the way that I do it. I have noticed a trend, and so I want you to ask yourself if you have found yourself in either of these three categories since the arrival of COVID, okay? I've narrowed down these three categories of people. A parent or grandparent who is now teaching kids or teens religious education at home, or an adult who's wanting to continue your faith formation, but you don't have access to your usual groups or classes, Or if you've been in a position recently to answer questions about Catholicism, if you've been asked by some sort of a friend or an acquaintance because we're in crazy times and people are now starting to reevaluate their faith or faith in general. Based on messages that I've received, I can tell you that many of your fellow listeners find themselves in at least one of these three categories. See, they needed to step up and teach or explain the faith And that even includes to themselves, right? They have to teach themselves about the faith. But they didn't know where to begin because they just didn't have a blueprint. A lot of times I hear that people are nervous about teaching the faith, and I get it. But that anxiety can be lessened dramatically when you have a method or a blueprint to use. So never underestimate the importance of method. Just because you might know a lot about the faith that does not mean that you are automatically going to be able to teach it or teach it well. The General Directory of Catechesis, or the GDC for short, they say as much. They say that the content of catechesis, which is basically, you know, what you're teaching about the faith, cannot be indifferently subjected to any method, meaning you have to be very selective about the method that you use to transmit the faith. And today, I've got the perfect method for you if you're going to be teaching the faith. It's only five steps, and you can apply it to any topic, any audience, and any situation, no matter how formal, like if you're actually sitting down and doing religious education, or casual, like a conversation with someone that just sparks out of nowhere. And most importantly, in my opinion, this method will turn relaying facts into practical, applicable truths that are then able to root themselves into the hearts and lives of those that you're teaching. And this also applies to evangelization and apologetics. If you are interested in either of those avenues of spreading the faith, evangelization or apologetics, you have to be able to use a method that's going to help the information to root itself in the hearts and lives of those you're talking to 
And this method is perfect for that. So if you know anyone who you think would also like to learn about this, pick up your phone and text them this episode, email them this episode, however you want to do it. And that way you and your friends can compare notes and help each other to teach the faith. And while I'm asking you to do things, please prayerfully consider donating to Clumsy Theosis. We are 100% donor supported. You've heard what our mission is all about here at the top of this episode, and you can be a part of that mission when you become a donor to Clumsy Theosis. All you have to do is go to clumsytheosis.net and click the word donate in the menu. Okay, this magical five-step method that I'm going to explain to you is called the ecclesial method. So your five steps or stages are called preparation, proclamation, explanation, application, and finally, celebration. So let's go through each one. So in the preparation stage, everyone is preoccupied with their own stuff all the time, right? So you need to say something or share something in order to take their minds and their hearts off of their regular everyday affairs. And then when that happens, they become ready for whatever it is you want to teach them, okay? This is technically referred to as a calculated disengagement because they are disengaging from their own preoccupations in order to engage with you. Now, you can do this with a movie clip, a website, an audio track, singing a hymn, um, or doing some sort of short activity, anything. Now, of course, some of these are more geared towards like a formal sit-down explanation or teaching, right? But there is one thing that you can do in any situation, and that is to ask a question. And I did that earlier today. At the very beginning of this episode, I asked you to sort yourself into one of three categories. Now, even if you didn't fit into one of those categories, you still thought about it. You disengaged from your own preoccupations and you engaged with what I was asking you, okay? Now, also in the preparation stage, there is a matter of environment and what is also referred to as a sacred space. I've decided not to talk about that today, but if you are interested in that, then you can search online, you know, create a sacred space for Catholics, and I'm sure you'll get a bunch of blog posts and even YouTube videos that will come up. Today, I just want to talk about the dialoguing portion. Okay, so we're going to move on to the second step, which is proclamation. Now, the proclamation is the part where you drop the truth bomb, okay? You proclaim the truth. This is your premise, your thesis, your summary, and you do it succinctly in only two to three sentences maximum, okay? It's great if you can use something from the church, you know, something like scripture or something from the catechism or a saint quote, but you don't have to. Me, I'm usually very straightforward. And I'll usually say something like, today's topic is dot, dot, dot. And then I try to back it up with something from the church. You know, try not to get too fancy here because when you do that, you lose people. And earlier on in today's episode, what I did for my proclamation is I used that quote by the GDC about method in catechesis, right? And then I said, today I've got the perfect method to teach you in only five steps, right? So You knew what I was going to talk about, you knew it was going to be the perfect method, and you knew that method was supposed to be important based off of my proclamation. Okay, then we move on to the meat and potatoes. This is going to be step three, the explanation. Now, when you are explaining the faith, you know, when you're explaining anything, of course, you want to try to hit the essentials. And then the next thing you want to do is if there are any common misconceptions, you want to clear those up. 
I didn't really need to do that today, but an easy example of this is Mary's Immaculate Conception, right? Because some people think it refers to when she was pregnant with Jesus and how Jesus was conceived, when in fact, it actually refers to Mary's conception in her mother's womb, okay? And then also, you want to try to back what you're talking about with scripture or church documents or both. But you know what? If you can't do that in the moment, if it's, you know, a spur of the moment conversation, you can always send a follow-up email or text. Obviously, when you do that, try to make it something digestible. Don't send them a link to a, a papal document. But I mean, it makes common sense. You know, you explain the essentials, you clear up any misconceptions, and then you have some backing, right? Now, when you're explaining things, it's really tempting to fall into lecture mode, right? But nobody likes a dragging one-sided lecture. And the best way to avoid lecture mode is this. And I live by this advice in like all areas of my life. Are you ready for it? Don't try to sound smart and don't try to sound the way you think that holy people sound either. For me to communicate and accomplish my purpose, I don't need you to think that I'm smart or holy. I need you to know that I'm authentic because when I'm authentic, you know that I'm talking with you on the level, that I'm not trying to be condescending or judgmental or trying to sell you on something either. And you know that I want to connect with you and share something that I love with you. And there are people I'm sure that have heard my podcast or heard me talk in person and they don't think I'm smart just because the way that I talk, the slang that I use, the fact that I sound like I'm from Southern California or just because I kind of sound young, whatever. But you know what? They're not my audience. They're not the person that God wants me to reach. And I'm okay with that. At the end of the day, what is going to win hearts for Jesus is authentic love for Christ and for the church and for your neighbor. And I think St. Pope Paul VI said it beautifully when he said that modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. And if he does listen to teachers, it's because they are first witnesses. So I'm going to leave it at that. I do want to add a few ways to keep your explanation from sounding too lecturely. Lecturely? Luxury. Yeah, you don't want to sound like a lecture and here are a few ways that you can do that. First, use stories. Tell how a topic has impacted your life and also try to relate to the time when you were learning about that exact topic. Also, ask questions. As you're going along with your explanation, ask questions and also get their stories, you know? This way, it won't be a one-sided monologue. You will actually start engaging in a dialogue with someone. And... Lastly, if you are in a formal setting, you know, where you can prepare in advance, try to use audiovisual aids, PowerPoints, pictures, make a simple game, anything in order to make it more dynamic. The next step, step number four, is the application section. Here, you answer this question. How is this information applicable to their life? Like I said at the beginning of this show, Everything in the faith is profitable. All of it can help the learner grow in relationship with God and the church and to become holy. You just have to connect the dots that show them how this is possible and how their lives can be changed and what exactly they need to do in order to make that happen, in order to cooperate with the Lord in that way. I personally like to assign a task for people to do on their own. And if you are a frequent listener, you are well aware of this already. And why do I do this? It's because when listeners do the task or the homework, they experience for themselves how this truth is life-changing. 
And they're also taking ownership for their faith formation and cooperating with God's grace. The application is extremely important. It actually goes very much hand in hand with the explanation. And they're usually very easy to put together. And today, my application was actually in the form of examples. And as I've been explaining every single step, I've been giving examples for every step, right? So I've been giving explanation and example, explanation, example, which is basically explanation, application, explanation, application, right? Right, so it's easy to see how closely linked the explanation and the application are. If someone explains something to you and they do not automatically add on an application, you should be doing that for yourself in your head. Like, how can I make this applicable to myself and use it to grow as a person and as a Christian and to grow in holiness? Just saying. So now we're already to the final step. Okay, so the final step, the concluding step is the celebration. And as Catholics, what is the most obvious thing that we celebrate? We celebrate the liturgy or the mass. Funny little anecdote about celebrating the mass. When I was younger, I was familiar with the language that the priest celebrates the mass. But I was so confused because at the end of mass, when the priest would give his dismissal, he would say, and the mass is ended. And then all of the people would say like really emphatically and and loudly, they would say, thanks be to God. And in my mind, these two things seemed totally opposite to each other because on the one hand, it was like the priest obviously liked the mass because he celebrated it, right? You know, that's the way children think. And then on the other hand, the people seemed to be celebrating the fact that it was over and it was so confusing. Anyways, I digress. The celebration. The celebration is about liturgy, okay? So maybe my little anecdote will help you remember that. Celebration is about liturgy and liturgy is about worship. So when you get to this stage in your teaching, you tie your topic to the liturgy, to worship. And that would be anything from the liturgy or the mass itself to a sacrament, to a form of prayer, you know, like Lexio Divina, meditative prayer, um, extemporaneous prayer, liturgy of the hours, some, you know, some form of prayer or like a particular prayer, you know, that we have memorized or to a hymn or a worship song or to something that someone can meditate on in scripture, you know, scripture passages. And that's exactly what I'm going to do for today's celebration of this episode. I'm going to point you to a scripture in order to meditate on, right? This is your task. This is your homework. So it's celebration, but it's also kind of application, you know? So take this to prayer. St. Paul says this to the Colossians in chapter one. He says, God has chosen you to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. Okay, not everyone is called or given the charism to teach, but I will say this, all parents are responsible for teaching their children, especially about the faith. And all adults are responsible to learn more about the faith, right? It is your responsibility to learn and grow in communion with Christ and with his church. And we are all called to give an account of the faith when necessary, right? Whenever the situation presents itself, we're called to be able to do that. And right now, when things are kind of crazy and weird and we don't have access to the same things that we used to pre-COVID, Now is a good time to get in the habit of learning to teach and explain things to people about the faith. I hope that you enjoyed my breakdown of the five steps of the ecclesial method. Like I said, I use it all the time for 
almost every single topic and I do it so frequently that I can just do it on the spot when I'm talking to someone and as you get familiar with it, you'll be able to do the same thing. If you have any future questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. You can message me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Clumsy Theosis. While you're there, go ahead and give me a follow. And also, don't forget that you can have future episodes emailed directly to you, right? I send out a weekly email, so please sign up for that. There's a link down in the show notes. Or you can also visit clumsytheosis.net. All right, so until next week, stay safe, stay holy, peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us.